Come, linger, and join the conversation as we sit at the feet of Rabbi Jesus in the upper room. In this upper room conversation, the guys share how God provided the property for Koinonia. Welcome back to the Upper Room, everybody. Thank you for joining us in this conversation. It's been such a rich part of my week, and thank you, Giles, for um, investing in this with me and having this conversation. It's been so much fun. Thanks, Brian. And I'm thinking about our conversation last week, and um, something Brian can tell you about me, it's one of my little proclivities, is I like things to be complete. And so sitting in a place where um, I was having to wait uh, on God and we had, you know, found this property and then it was, nope, that's not going to happen. I, I was sort of just chomping at the bit. So I just wanted to share, I'm one of those people that sort of like the Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory. I, I love completion. I don't like things like sort of being left out there in the open. So it was sort of tweaking me. It's one of those things that, that living here and being in ministry together and living together, it, uh, I can't, I got to be careful what I say because it might, like the truck might be pulling out the driveway and picking up whatever it was and getting it done before I've even fully processed it through. So, but that's good. It's good. It's good for, it's good for both of us. But yeah, um, so we were, we left it at that we made an offer on this property and things didn't go the way we wanted to. And we really tried to encourage listeners that, you know, you guys move figure out what God is asking you to do, test it against Scripture, and move. Move in the way of Jesus. Move in the way of Scripture. Move in the way of love. Move in the way of courage. Act out of your redeemed identity. And even if things don't work out the way you wanted them to, it's okay because you moved. Yeah, perspective is so critical here because circumstances... You may be in a situation that circumstances remain the exact same if you looked at the physical circumstances or the circumstances around you, but the posture, the motivation and the posture of the heart is really how God works in those situations to change your viewpoint. And so what we could have taken, right, as a setback. Failure, even, yeah. Failure, setback, or man, we waited like two days too late. We realized, no, this is, we some really good things happened. So it was our posture was in the appropriate place because... We were trusting and relying on God, as I said last week, for the outcome. We weren't the ones determining what that outcome was going to be. You know, and I can read. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Second Corinthians nine that we wanted to really bring to light in this the beginning of this process as we move from ideas and theories and offers to something concrete that actually happened. And so, as I read this, as as I go into this, I, I want to keep I want everybody to keep in mind. We can read God's Word, and we can look at it, and it can be this great knowledge, and it can be inspirational, or it can become a new way of living, a new way of acting. And, and I think as I begin this out, and God will generously, generously provide all that you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So guys... Like, that's a great theory and a great idea if I read it at that level. But the truth is, if it doesn't move me to action, if it doesn't move me to trust, 
that he will actually provide and that I need to just continue to walk with an open heart and open hands as he provides for me. And then all of a sudden I realize, oh my gosh, he's providing for me in this way. He's providing for me spiritually. He's providing for me financially. He's providing for me relationally. He's providing for me physically. I get to I get to see miracles happen as I walk in that new information, that new faith that I have. Faith and that faith in action. And you know, before any of you think that this is some kind of prosperity gospel message, the truth is there is nothing that we can do to earn this. So we're not working towards God giving us provision. We're trusting God for provision. Those are two very different things. And so when we talk about actions, just remember it's these actions that are let out of who God is. That's why we are pursuing these actions, not because of some kind of self-motivation or self-glorifications. It's about glorifying God. And I'm not charging out without him either. I'm investing in that relationship and knowing that he walks with me side by side. So therefore, I'm never charging out alone onto the battlefield by myself. It's always hand in hand. And again, testing it against scripture, discussing it with trusted friends, and making sure that this is actually what what the Holy Spirit and what God desires. So again, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you will also be generous. And then, when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. I mean, this is incredible. This is incredible. Again, it's like you were reading this, the plan earlier about what we were putting into paper. And then even as I'm reading this this these verses in Second Corinthians, I, I can't believe how real this is. You know, I think when we get to podcast 100, the reality for all of you is we probably are just going to be reading straight, straight up scripture. That's going to be the podcast, and we're going to be getting excited about it. So, because as even as he's reading this, I'm like, well, we could just spend all day just reading scripture, and we would totally be just sitting in joy and feeling like we're giving you all the information and knowledge you need. You don't even need it filtered through us. So, Brian, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So, two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and all the believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with a deep affection because of the overflowing grace that God has given you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words, that we need to put that on the wall somewhere here at the house. Gift, given, gift, obedience. More, abundance, obey, needs are met, everything right there. So, you know, we had had this time together. We had uh, made the offer. Brian said, you know, next day, back to work. And, but we knew that this verse, 2 Corinthians, we know 
because we know God's scripture and God's scripture is truth. We knew that this verse was true. So we trusted that we trusted God in this. And we said, you know, this gift, you have a gift too wonderful for words, Lord, and we will be obedient and we will walk and we know that you are going to provide. Uh, so I want to turn this over to Brian. I know Brian's been talking a lot, but this is really, he was sort of the eyes on the ground first and he was the one that sort of saw things playing out. Uh, in this part of the story. So I'm going to turn it over to him so he can just share a little bit about what what was happening, what what started happening. Giles, I, I don't even remember why I was on this road. It's not a road that we usually travel. It's not a, this is not a direction that we usually come. Uh, as the crow flies, we are, qu- we are literally, as the crow flies, less than a mile from my front door in a neighborhood. Uh, on the road were two miles from the house that I that I had lived in for 15 years. I had never seen this property, never thought twice about it, never even looked at it. And one day I'm driving down the road and there's a for sale sign out front. And I think, hmm, well, that's interesting. And I drive home and look on the realtor's website. I look it up and I think, holy, oh my gosh. And you know, earlier uh, in the last podcast, we shared some of these things that we talked about in our plan that, that we joke about now that we couldn't believe what they are. But here were some of those requirements. One, we decided that the 10 to 12 acres was maybe too big in terms of what it would require to maintain it. That we didn't want to spend all of our time maintaining some sort of a property that was overgrown or too big that would take hours and hours or two days to mow. We didn't want that. And can I share the, uh, one of the other things that we were uh, pretty certain about? And my wife says it the best, but she's like, we're not 20. Okay. So the other fact was, is that we needed a place that had separate living quarters for the families, because even though you don't wouldn't think of a normal house would have that, it was sort of like we needed a place with two master suites, and that's really one one of the big reasons we were thinking about building because you just don't find houses with yep. two master suites, certainly not houses that we could afford, and so that was but that for us was sort of a very important thing because we realized the needs of you know yeah. that intimacy of a marriage that's required. Yeah, uh, privacy, privacy, Pri- privacy. Uh, Amy even mentioned, she said, you know, man, if, you know, if, if we're asking for God, if we're seeking and asking and knocking, then I'm going to ask. And she's like, you know, my knees aren't getting, again, we're not 20. She's like, man, my knees aren't getting any better. I really, I really don't think I want to be going up and down stairs. Not that this is some sort of a permanent place or location, but just like, well, put it on the list. We put it on the list. One story. Uh, so, Less than 10 acres, one story, uh, separate living quarters. And we're like, man, this is a, uh, not in a neighborhood. Not in a neighborhood. Not in a neighborhood. But also. Because of those things we talked about earlier, like fires, uh, like things for young people, like some space for that. So not a neighborhood really wouldn't work very well mm-hmm. for that. And. But then also we were realizing from the trip down to Southern Indiana, we were realizing it needs to be close to town, 
but not feel like it's in town. So, so, a, so a, some sort of a town center needed to be accessible very pretty quickly. We didn't want to be out in the in the boonies and uh, and having you know having to you know make these massive trips to Sam's Club because you didn't want to go to the grocery store because it was you know an hour drive or whatever. Um, we mentioned before my son's a junior in high school. We kind of wanted to stay. We really wanted to stay. Although I will tell you that in this transition, Jared actually came to a point where he said, "Dad, I go where you go." And I believed him in that. And I know he would have been sad, and I know that he would have been uncomfortable. But I think he was even starting to be invited into that koinonia and realize my people are my people, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where I'll find people wherever I go to school. So we really had, uh, you know, those kind of listings would just be popping up. Yeah, all over, all over yeah. the searches. I mean, so you can see, you know, but. Who are we talking to here, right? Who are we who are we putting in these requests to? And we also knew, you know, we had a two-year plan. So this wasn't like we didn't right. need to find this place right away. And reality is a lot of those factors we were like, well, we're gonna find a property and then build on it. Yeah. Giles and Allison are in full-time ministry. I have a daughter that's in college. I mean, it's not like we're it's not like we're swimming in inheritance money. This guys, this is a limited tight list that we put before God and that we wrote down and we laid out in front of God. And I'm telling you guys, this, this next part of it was just absolutely miraculous. So we see the sign up in the front yard. I go home and my wife says, again, Giles was talking about he, how he likes completion my wife doesn't really like mulling over things. She wants to put them behind her so that she can then move on to the next thing. And so she says, I'm calling Kim. And Kim is a friend of ours that we've known for years here in town who's a realtor. She said, I'm calling Kim. And she called her and she said, we got an appointment tonight. So it was a Tuesday afternoon. And after work, we came over to this property on Centerline. And... I was floored. I was floored because I looked around and everything that we had talked about. Two-car garage that had been closed in and finished as a room. Perfect for a co-working space where we currently have three working desks and a podcast studio. So really four working desks for co-working space comfortably. Again, at this point, we didn't know this. It was just a dream, right? But it was like, oh my gosh, check, co-working space. Community kitchen for cooking and being around and and just gathering and being together, check. Big enough dining room for this big farmhouse table that we had built years ago, check. And then probably the craziest one was the previous owners of this house had lived here with their in-laws. And in the back of the house is this... A big room that has its own private bathroom. It's big enough for a king size bed and a, a, a picture. It really like a, it's like really like a hotel suite that has its own sitting room and it has its own access to the backyard. That you, if you didn't want to, you didn't have to come through the house. And so, guys, I I I, I, try, I I love telling stories and I love 
painting pictures. I don't know that I can do this as well as I remember it. But we were standing in the on the back patio of this. And, and again, too, let, let me continue going. It's about f- less, a little less than four acres. There's a creek that runs through it. We have plenty of room for as many tents as you would as we would want to fit. We have room to park a trailer down by the creek and have a music, have concerts if COVID ever lets us again. We have a two-car detached garage for larger trainings. Um, we it just checked all the boxes. And these acres, so it may be that the property is four acres, but what's surra- what's surrounding it? We're, we are surrounded by hundreds of acres of farmland by, and we have, we've met some of the neighbors and they've said, yeah, the people that own these, like, we're not selling, like, we're not selling like this is farmland. It's so it's two miles from a mire, two miles, miles from a Lowe's, two miles from a Walmart, two miles to a small town center that we've got this cute little quaint town that, that has nice little restaurants and same things. distance to the high school. For Jerry. Exactly the same distance from our front door to the high school, yeah. Um, so my son would be able to finish school. And and guys, my wife, we, we, we were we were pretty adamant about getting out of debt. And and we we'd been in our house 15 years and we were like we we were we were on the downward stretch for for being completely out of debt. And of course, real estate's been going crazy and whatnot. And so we're standing on this back patio looking at the back trees in that back acreage and I look over at my wife and she has lost all color in her face like white as a ghost <laughs> and and I I remember thinking to myself like oh crap this is happening like like this this just happened and it ha- it happened in her heart and she said we got to call Allison and Giles and they need to ca- they need to come cuz cuz we say we're giving our we're giving our pass of approval on this. Yeah, so they called us and we came and we saw it and we knew just as quickly and you know, but then I mean there are some super cool god stories that happen because now we're okay, this is not 2 years. This is 2 months. This is 2 months. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if the prayer that we were saying or if uh I remember this great scene in a movie where they want a prop made uh, for the sound for the music concert, and they draw it on a napkin, the picture, and beside the picture they say twelve, and then they do the two dashes. Yeah, <laughs> and they meant to do the single dash for the foot, and instead they do inches, and so this prop comes down and it's a twelve-inch prop, and it comes down on the stage. So it's this giant stage show with this little tiny prop that was supposed to be this big prop. And so I was like wondering, in the plan, Brian, did we write two months? I thought it was two years, <laughs> yeah, right. but maybe maybe I did a two dashes instead of the one. Um, but yeah, so this was going to happen really fast. And as many of you know, the market right now with houses. And during this time, especially, it was really crazy. And houses were selling before they were even going on market. Well, and which is great because we made an offer on this house before ours had ever even been listed. Like we were still like we we had we had started kind of spring cleaning, and my daughter was getting ready to go to college, and so 
we had some paring down that we were doing in this process, but but we we our house wasn't even for sale. Uh, wasn't even really in a lot of ways really wasn't even ready for sale. I'm I was worried about the air conditioner. Uh, you know, I, there were all kinds of things that well that basically I hadn't thought out. <laughs> you know, logistical stuff. And um, but so we so we we put an offer on this house, and this offer was. And I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a realtor. I don't know the exact term, but basically, basically we had, we had first rights to purchase the property until somebody else made an offer. And then as soon as somebody else made an offer, we were going to have 24 hours or 48 hours to sell our house and complete the contract or else we were going to lose the house. And the offer that was made during this market oh, yeah. was below. We yeah, actually right. did a below offer. We, we prayed about it. We prayed about it. And we looked at the price and really, and because of the uniqueness of the property, because of the, the two master suites, um, because of the size of it and square footage of it, because of the age of it. And because of the, the three and a half, four acres, there were no comps on it. There were no comps on it. You were throwing darts at a dartboard and our realtor knew that it was really going to be market driven. Would anybody else come along and do it? And we prayed about it and we said, you know, this is kind of the number. This is kind of the threshold that I have. I think that they're asking too much for the property, especially given the work that, that we needed to do to really get it to be our home. And they, they accepted it. Like they, you know, so again, my home, just to give you some perspective, my home, I was offered seven or seven percent over our asking price within forty-eight hours of my house hitting the market. So for us to make an offer below what they had listed it for, and for them to accept it so quickly without any real back and forth, again, God will gen- generously provide. He will provide the hearts. He'll provide the s- scenario and the situation. And um, he'll make it, make it come, make it happen. And the coolest thing about he he just briefly mentioned how quickly their house sold. And they put it on the market, and it basically sold right away. But as soon as they got that offer for the one that they accepted for the sale, basically you guys got a phone call, didn't you, that somebody had put an yep. offer in on this house? Yeah, within within a matter of hours, we got we got the offer from buyers on our house that gave us a really short turnaround. I mean, usually it's overnight and they gave us like a six or eight hour turnaround that we had to decide. And then two minutes, two hours later, we got a phone call that an offer had been made and the clock was ticking that we were going to lose this property. So it just worked out, uh, like that. It just happened. And, um, suddenly we had a house and I want to share Quickly, just a little story on our side, since uh, Brian was sharing a lot about what their family was in, you know, sort of where they're at with the move. Well, in our situation, we had actually just signed a new lease oh, for yeah. an apartment. And thankfully, my wife, uh, being the most diligent uh, contract reader, she, I thought, oh my goodness, we're going to have to break this lease. And they're pretty... They're pretty bad when you break them. You have to pay for several months of rent. You have a penalty on top of that. You know, so we were looking at, you know, several thousands of dollars 
to get out of this lease. But as my wife uh, looked at it, she realized that we were two days before the new lease would take place. So theoretically, the contract hadn't started yet. So we were able to get out of our lease of our apartment by just paying the next month, which we would need to stay there anyway. But we had no penalties, no extra months of rent. And boy, you talk about God's timing. That all just happened the exact same time as the house was basically being sold and coming ready for, uh, and the purchase was being made. Yeah, I, I, man, I had forgotten all that. that there was that stress, and I think too, I, I want, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask this in the form of a question. Would that have changed your mind? I mean, were you going to, were you going to not move forward because of the finances? Absolutely not. Right. Because God had already told us to move on it. It was just one of those God winks. You know, these are the kind of things that you know He was generous beyond yeah. because we already had come to peace with the fact that we would have to be paying those things out. But then just even how the people responded through the process, and they're like, oh, no, we'll just void it out. It doesn't even act like it didn't even exist. Um, We just saw God working in that too, just with this timing. So we had all experienced that thing with that other property, but we knew we were all ready for action. And then God did this so quickly, and it wasn't just a property that we were going to build on. It was already built on. It wasn't just this dream of what we could do in ministry together. It was already like Koinonia was already taking place and the place for where that was going to happen was already there. But then this coolest story is what happened at the closing and what did you learn? Man, um, I can't, God, it, this is so much fun. Uh, you know, Amy created a shared document for us to, to write all of these things down, and we've probably gotten away from that a little bit, but it's fun to retell it. So fast forward, um, our house, I was, I was really kind of stressed over the inspection. We were kind of stressed over uh, they were getting a, uh, an, a FHA loan. We were stressed about the appraisal that we were going to get. We didn't, we didn't get the over asking price that we got. We got our exact asking price, which was, it was significant. It was, it was a significant dollar amount that we were quote unquote losing much like Giles situation. I struggled with it a little bit, but not in the way that my old nature would have. Uh, it, it was, it, it was, I was okay with it. Do you it. even think about it today? <laughs> no, no, not today. Not at all. No, not at all. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but, but then we had, there were issues. There were there were issues along the way. We found out that the house is in a floodplain. We got to pay a little bit more for that. And it wasn't it wasn't all rosy getting to this point. I mean, there were definite struggles, but not setbacks. It was a stressful couple of months getting here. And um, but we go to closing, and we meet. We we find out the whole situation of the owners that the prior owners had purchased the property on a land contract from their brother and sister-in-law and because their brother and sister-in-law were farmers and had sold a bunch of farm property here in the area and kind of cashed out as a retirement and moved to a place in, in Southern Indiana and were sitting at closing and they both had to be there because even though we were closing on the land contract, the check was actually going to the owner and we got to meet them. And when the title company handed them the check, 
this gruff, rough farm guy uh, that that was, I mean, he was as country as country gets, wells up with pride and even with some tears, and he says, do you know what I'm, you know what I'm going to do with this check? Uh, no, I don't even know you. I just met you 10 seconds ago. No, I have no idea what you're going to do with this check. And he says, my daughter and my son-in-law have purchased a property, a Christian camp in South Central Indiana. And we've been working out there, digging a pond and trying to make this place for young people to come and have a church camp, summer church camp experience. And I am going to take this and I am going to build the first building on that property where the kids can live and sleep dorms and gather. And we were just absolutely blown away at even what God was doing with the money that paid off this property when we bought it. And going back to that, I I think you can actually find that. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will be joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. What abundance by God. Because we know where our heart was and where our heart is for these young people. And the fact that you were sitting across someone that all of this money that was exchanging hands here was being exchanged in God's kingdom and God's God, economy. and we know and God's economy and we know what God does how generous and fruitful he will be with that money and to know that we were able to be a part of that story as well as the story that was taking place here I just love hearing that story from you every time cuz it's just such a powerful story and um yeah to just think it was our two families and then we were sitting with other families who also were in Koinonia in that moment. Yeah. That he had moved he had moved down there to be with them and to help them run that. He said, you know, he basically he said, I, I sold all this farmland. I've got I got I'm rich as Croesus and he's that's what he's done and it's it's been his life uh, his life work to help them and help get that off the ground and just a spectacular again God wink and and thing. Um but also Another one that I that I, I mean I wrote it down because I knew I wanted to say it, but also in this time um, as we were going back and going off the check boxes, Franklin happens to be a college town. We have a small college uh, down the street, a small little private school. We have young people right in our backyard, and so during this whole process, my wife in her scripture reading, God tells her Acts one eight. He says, you will tell about me in the city of Jerusalem, all over the countries of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And and she comes and she says, guys, this is where it was supposed to be all along. Because when you read that, the city of Jerusalem, where was that for the disciples and for for the early church? What, what, what was that? It's home. It's their backyard, right? Right in their backyard, and then and then as you go through Acts one eight, you go to the next one. All over the countries of Judea and Samaria. Well, now you're talking. Now you're talking that maybe 
maybe then once once we share this koinonia with our immediate community and once the fruits of it flow out into this immediate community, then God promises, he promises us and he says, in due time, in the proper season, it will happen. And it, you'll be at Indiana University. You'll be at Purdue University. And what that looks like is totally and completely up to him. And and then even um, even to the ends of the earth, that, that that's... That's the power of the spirit, and that's the power of this giving that he's meant that we were talking about in Second Corinthians. You know, as we go back to the house, the koinonia, the community aspect, I just want to throw out some shout outs, right? To the community. Oh, yeah. Because boy, did the community come alongside. Because the question that I just asked that I have written here on the sheet that I just need to ask Brian is, brother, how much can a cat piss? <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I must admit that in my duties and chores, uh, getting the house ready to move in, that was not one of them. But I know that you lived that very intimately for a couple of days. Yeah, the let's just say that the house, um, although it looked like it had been loved and lived in and cared for in some ways, it was in pretty rough shape when we when we moved in. Yeah, it hasn't been hasn't been great. I mean, we've got a new furnace, uh, we've we've got new countertops and sink. Uh, we've had uh, you have a, you have a, you have an entirely new f- flooring that has been you know uh, coated in a couple coats of kills um, because of the cat because the cat the old cat that had <laughs> lived here before, and we had probably you know. Like Normandy, the storming of Normandy with the amount of rats and mice that were trying to get into the house when yeah, we first yeah. moved in. Giles, I'm just I'm just wondering why do you keep a cat around back there that's just peeing on the carpet and not taking care of the mouse problem? <laughs> right. But sharing about that, one of the things that I want to share too is though how quickly this Franklin community, these people oh. that Brian and Amy have been in relationship with. How much work was done in this house within a matter of three days? I mean, it was tr- it was ra- radically transformed, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. Um, you, you know, Chris taking off work for a couple days. Like, who does that? Who does that? Who takes off work to help their friends move? Um, and I, that that whole Jerusalem, Judea, you know, Jerusalem showed up. Jerusalem showed up and it was, it was outstanding. People that I hadn't talked to in months were bringing food and feeding us at lunch. Um, people were painting like they had no business painting. My brother, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, Corey is, I've always said he's a saint. I love my sister. He's a saint. Uh, I, you know, they've been married 20 years and that dude painted every inch of our ceilings and had to be sore from <laughs> For months after, after that's the most brutal painting is painting ceilings. I know, but I the they came and you know, it was a house, right? We knew that this property center line it was a house, and within three days it was a home. Yeah. Uh, and they and those people working that hard, and this is what we this is where our heart is, because the coolest thing now is that not only are we trying to reach, you know, these young people and. God has really put these things upon our hearts, but we're reaching our own communities and our own friends. And they may not know it's coming yet, but one by one, we've been starting to see radical transformations in their life for Christ. Oh, um, 
you know, and, and, you know, we're definitely going to get into that in some later times about what we're doing with, with discipleship here in our local community and the fruits that we're seeing from that. But most certainly I go to sleep at night and it's those, those three boys that are, you know, a couple freshmen and an eighth grader here in town that, that I say, and I've said it and I will repeat it. And I told you earlier, don't say it unless you mean it because it's going to happen. So these guys need to know it's going to happen. You know, that revival is going to happen at Franklin Community High School, starting with these three and, and four young men that we've been that we've been called to disciple. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I but I believe it, but not with all my heart. Do you have a two-year plan for that one, Brian? I got a two-year plan. I got a two-year plan. <laughs> we see how those work out, but... Yeah. Uh, so, again, just such a um, such a great story, and we, we just wanted to share a little bit more, you know, as we had traveled out of Koinonia, sort of like what those action steps were, and then God's faithfulness through the process. And again, we may not know all these outcomes, but we're just trusting step by step. So we just pray that as you have heard this, we hope it has again been an encouragement. There's been some laughs. There's been some cat piss. Uh, we didn't really mention the name that we curse all the time in this house, which is Earl. And Earl I, the electrician. Right, Earl the electrician. Right, because whoever <laughs> did half the stuff in here, Brian has already tried to electrocute me three times just because he doesn't know which switch because nothing is labeled. So uh, it's been truly an experience. But I will. I want to share with everyone that my heart um, through this process, I never thought that... Um, the abundance that God would show once we got out of our own way of this consumer individualistic and said, you know, what would it look like to share life with each other? And it has been truly a blessing in my life. And, you know, I couldn't have wanted to do it with somebody, with anybody else but Brian and his family. But I mean, I feel like I've been truly blessed through this whole process. And I just wanted to share that here live on the pod, on the podcast um, because it's just been, it's just been so incredible to see what God's been doing. Man, Giles, I, I, I can't, I hate to say ditto, uh, but, but really I can't say enough. The spiritual growth and spiritual changes that I've seen in my own life and in my family and in the things that are going on uh, that just give me courage and hope at God's activity in activity and care for his kingdom as it comes and I and I and I, and I, I sh- I'll show you my journal I know we're I know we're on a on a medium that I don't have a camera in front of me but if you come over I'll show you my journal and my journal is filled with I mean he, he taught us how to pray and he said thy kingdom come thine will be done and and that just continues to be my prayer every day just that the kingdom would unfold in this place and and then also understanding that koinonia is more than a place and that in that that his kingdom would come wherever wherever i step foot wherever we step foot and where and wherever he chooses to send us Hmm. so guys we are so in case there's any confusion at all giles and we do we do co-live under the same house together uh we, we we're we're doing it and it's uh but but really, I hope that you have have realized that um, something much something much bigger took place long before we ever make the decision to move here. We just wanted to share that story with you, at how this place came to be and how God moved. We I don't know that I don't know that co living is 
what God is calling everybody to do. It's our story. It happens to be our story. There happens to be some great fruit out of it. We continue probably to go back and say, what's God asking you to do? I, I do believe he is calling you into deeper community. I do believe that he's calling you into deeper relationship because he and he, you know, he and the Trinity, he has that and he invites us into that. And it's such a blessing. And um, I would encourage anybody to, to, to try to get into that relationship with him first and then see where he takes it. And what will it look like for you to share and share like, just like the scripture says with God at the center and to really be thinking about that and to thinking intentionally about what does that look like? What decision can you make this week that will be that, that you will share something of yours, share something of what you believe to be yours that God has provided to you and just watch how God blesses and multiplies that. And he will fully trust that. Thanks for joining us and uh, we'll be back next week.